0: Hello everyone and welcome to an installment of Mac Chat. Uh, Scott Montesato with you. Glad you could be with us here today. We're inside the McDonald's School and great guests are with us as always. And we've got Molly from McDonald with us as well. Molly, how's it going? It's going great
1: and even better with our beautiful guests here today.
0: Yep, you'll, we'll bring on the guests here in just a moment. Uh, here we are, it, it's springtime. I would assume there's a lot of optimism in the air around the school right
1: absolutely we're just very excited to open the windows and get outside Uh, i think Ann here is going to be starting track soon Uh, and we are going to be making some changes for fourth quarter that we're excited about so couldn't be better
0: again the 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 year is ending in a much better way than uh, last year ended for everybody so again optimism all about and you you referenced Ann; she's part of a, a pair of guests You brought along today to talk about a wonderful, uh, I think it's student ambassador program. Uh, We're going to learn all about that. So why don't you introduce uh, the guests?
1: I would love to, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, here we are on our inaugural episode of Mac Chat. Um, And the reason we call it Mac Chat, I'll just give a little definition, is because of the Mac way. So we're called the Macs, the McDonald Macs. And we also refer to that uh, in a way that defines our mission and our core values, so these two ladies embody our core values, and that's why they're guests on our inaugural show. Um, and of course, it's a chat, so we're encouraging you guys to go off script and just say whatever you are moved to say, and Scott will edit it out later. <laughs> okay? Um, so I'm happy to introduce Mary Jacobson, who is a 1978 McDonnell Central High School graduate and has been running the student ambassador program for 15 years, is that correct, Mary? Um, I think it's,
2: yes, 15 years.
1: 15 years, so it's a wonderful program. We'll learn more about it from Mary today. And then also Miss Ann David, who is a senior this year, gonna be class of 2021, can you believe it, Ann?
3: Yes, I can believe it. <laughs> uh, are you ready, do you,
1: you wanna stay another year, Ann? No, Oh okay. no,
3: <laughs> thank you for offering, but I, Politely refused. And before. how
1: many years have you been in the student ambassador program? Anne? I've
3: been in the student ambassador program for, I don't know, six, five years since seventh grade. Since six seventh grade, math. Grade. Yes.
1: Okay. Awesome. Five. Math. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's finals week, and Anne is studying for some pretty challenging classes. So, um, but why don't I let each of you ladies tell everybody a little bit about yourselves without me? Uh, going on about your biographies. Um, So I guess since I'm talking to Anne, I'll start with you. Um, Anne, I know you do a lot of different activities. I don't know how you do it. Just wondering if you can share with us a little bit about your background, your experience as a student at McDonald.
3: So I was in McDonald from kindergarten up through senior year now. Wow. Um, My mother was a teacher, so it was probably the easier option for her to just, like, drop me off at St. Charles and then head up to teach at McDonald. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. I mean, I have done cross-country and track since middle school. Uh, I was in basketball and, like, elementary school and lots of sports. Um, that's... that's pretty much it, I suppose. Oh, and just oh. to be modest, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I've done the school musical since I was in fourth grade, um, and a lot of singing and dancing have been my winters for the past years. Um, yeah, and a lot of school, a lot of classes, and just like focusing on on that one thing at a time.
1: Awesome. Well, I really enjoy seeing you on stage. I wonder if you would do a little bit um of your Eliza Doolittle accent. Uh mm. and just recently starred as Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady um just a couple of weeks ago. So, and do you want to do just a little bit of your Eliza Doolittle accent for us? Oh, governor. <laughs> oh my gosh beautiful i mean just perfect no i mean i i just love watching you on stage i know we're really gonna miss you so i hope you continue doing theater um and just good luck with the rest of your fourth quarter of your senior year oh my goodness it's getting Um, there but luckily we're gonna be able to have prom i think and a pretty normal graduation so thanks be to god for that right right awesome Um, And then, obviously, you said you've been in Student Ambassadors 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with Ambassadors before I give Mary here a chance to talk?
3: Sure. Yeah. When I first signed up for Student Ambassadors, I figured, well, it was just going to be like volunteering every once in a while. And then I'll get to put it on a resume and that'll be it. And wow, has it just like changed my perspective on so many different things. Uh, I don't see, like, a clean school the same way again. Like, I know how hard people work to do the little things. And I think that's something that Student Masters has taught me. Yeah, I've done so many different experiences, like, ranging from um, baking brownies for food, Feed My People Food Bank or, like, serving at Spaghetti Spectacular. Just so many different aspects of just who I am, have been developed through this program, and I think that is really cool. I would agree. So, Mrs. Jacobson, I'll give
1: you a chance to tell us a little bit about this really special program that you created. Well,
2: thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yes, uh, um, I'm honored to, and what Anne says kind of um, almost makes me want to cry, because that's exactly what I hope to accomplish um, when my children were, um, like, a sophomore and in the middle school, I inquired with the school about what kind of community service took place. And at the time, they're like, well, there isn't anything really structured here. And I asked, I said, can I develop something? And they're like, sure, go for it. So I um, went for it, and that was... It was 16 years ago, actually, and um, my first year, I had 43 students who signed up, and I was excited about that, And but every year since then, it's been about 100 students. I think that first year, um, kids weren't real sure what it was. Um, I, I felt confident that I knew the community enough, that I knew how to reach out and find agencies or um, places that... Would be good for students to volunteer in, so that gave me that confidence. Like, I don't even know how to start this. I I was familiar with, you know, the different places in the community, so it made it easy. And certainly, some of the early things we had done has, um, we've certainly added a lot over the years as needs changed or agencies moved in or moved out or pandemics come in or go out, you know, we've had to (laughs) make adjustments with that. But um, there's probably a few uh, central things that I I try to focus on. One uh, message that I say a lot is I want them to go out of their comfort zone. Um, And I think they've heard that before. And and I don't push anybody into anything that they don't want to do until they get to be about a junior or senior. And then, then I do a little nudging. And I see some great growth growth from that. Um, and uh, the other thing that I say a lot, and um, I even have to remind myself in everyday living, um, is a Mother Teresa or a Saint Teresa quote: "Is everyone is Jesus in disguise?" So whether it's the student you're sitting next to that you might not get along with, you know, Jesus lives in that person. Or someone you're serving at the Agnes table, or, um, sometimes you're not even seeing who you're serving while you're ringing bells for the Salvation Army. You're, you're going to an agency that's going to support all of those people. So that the students hear quite a bit, um, I'm just trying to think of where I want to go with it because I sit could sit and talk about it all day long. The students um, apply to join the student ambassadors. Um, I seek out every student in the school. I'm not looking for high achieving students or only the um, certain outgoing kind of students. I um, Recognize that every student has got a gift to share, and sometimes they don't even know they've got that gift. And there's so much diversity in what we do that not one person or one type of student would have the gifts that are needed to serve all the different areas that we serve. So I've had you know, everything from the running stars, the quarterbacks of the football team, the kids in the band, the kids in the play... The kids that are great academically and kids that are doing nothing else and maybe even struggling academically, but if this can help them build their confidence um, because they find that there's something there's a there's something they can give and make a difference, um, that just helps them to grow, and I'm privileged to see that. I mean that is that's my gift to me is to be able to see that. Um,
1: yeah, I, I always think of, um, thank you for sharing that. I always think, too, of St. Francis of Assisi. It's, it's in giving that we receive. Oh, certainly. And I think um, that is almost one of the core messages of this program, too, is that everyone that serves through student ambassadors understands that they receive more than they give. And what a lesson that you are able to provide our students as they go out into the world, Mary. I just appreciate it so much. Yeah. And we're all going to cry. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you got to do something. It's good we're all going to cry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I guess, could you give an example? Do you have a memory um, of Anne? Maybe an embarrassing memory oh, Not- no. <laughs> <laughs> of Anne from uh, growing up and going through student ambassadors? Or it could be touching, but then we'll all cry again. Okay. Um, that you would share, or even, and then maybe Anne has one too, a favorite memory from student ambassadors.
2: Um, well, I just remember Anne coming to, um, McDonald when she was going to school at Holy Ghost, and her mom was here, so she would get off the bus and come here, so I was always kind of setting my hooks on her a little early. I kind of <laughs> saw that she had, she was one of them that had the right character, um, Anything in particular? Um, we didn't mess up making brownies no. for Feed My People. That was good. Um,
1: How many brownies did you make?
2: Um, Too we, many. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell them. I'll tell the story about making brownies, but I don't think Anna's okay. there. I probably don't. Making um, um, for a large quantity is not necessarily my forte. And we were asked to make eight large sheet pans of brownies. So Feed My People drops off the pans and they're going to serve them at their Empty Bowls fundraiser. That's, that's why we're doing it. And so I went to Deacon Ryder, our cook and said, all right, you got a recipe to make, you know, a large quantity of brownies. And, um, he gave it to me and he's a baker, um, you know, by trade. And everything is done in pounds when you do large quantity, and not like measuring cups. (laughs) So um, we did have—I did have a student here whose grandma used to be a cook here. So we're making our brownies, and they're coming out of the oven, and I'm like, you know, they're just not looking right. We certainly—we didn't mix all the batch up at once, but I'm like, I don't think these work. She says, "Well, I'm going to call grandma." And grandma's like, well, add more eggs. So we add more eggs. <laughs> Needless to say, I went to the grocery store and bought um, brownie mix so we could get this done. And came back and did that. And then the high school—you've never seen high school boys turn down a pan of brownies, even if they don't look good. They tasted good, so they were kind of a treat for the high schoolers the next day in school. And we still got our brownies from a brownie mix and I, I it worked out look. fine it worked out I fine, thought it yeah. worked out wonderfully <laughs> I, I, really so were you amazing. there then? I think
3: I was there probably the second time that we've Maybe. done this so you had already bought in the box yeah you I've had learned, already learned
2: this experience yeah so then I went to Deacon I'm like what the heck? And he's like well you gotta you know you, I'm like no I'm gonna stick with the brownie mix with that large quantity mm. um good it
1: teaches a little resiliency in baking <laughs> 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 always go with the box brownies yeah yeah and never measure in pounds what i've never done that yeah mm. what
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about and do you have a favorite student ambassador memory? um probably the one i remember most is when i signed up for the agnes table and serving in the kitchen there and i never like got to serve the food because that's like not really what i really wanted to do when my options were either cutting the onions or washing the dishes. And I was like, well, I'm going to cry if I cut the onions because I, and I'm not very good at cutting. So I washed the dishes. And that was a very humbling experience for me because I don't like washing dishes at my own house, but washing dishes for other people was, was better. When it's not your parents and you're forced to do it, then I liked washing the dishes.
2: Um, and I think I remember when you did volunteer, because I thought to myself, Thank you, Anne. because nobody would sign up to wash the dishes. <laughs> and when you, you also touched on the fact of, you know, you don't want to do it with your parents. And I think back to when I started this program, you know, I wanted my kids to have these opportunities, but they're not going to want to serve with their parents. That's kind of, you know, not as fun. So I knew that there was a great element of bringing friends together and serving together. So that's, I think, what made it work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, one thing I also really like about the program is the um, mentorship of the older students to the younger students. Have you seen, you know, now that you're a senior, Ann, have you seen some of the younger students kind of looking up to you as a, an example?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've seen some younger kids step up when, when the thought comes, oh, these guys aren't going to be here next year, so I should learn how to do this now so that I can do it next year. And I think that the whole process of learning from people who are who have done this before is is a big part of student ambassadors. Because I definitely looked up to the high schoolers when I was in middle school student ambassadors.
2: Unfortunately, this year was was not a good year to try to um, encourage some of that mentorship, just because of having to distance. In years past, we typically try to do a, a social event that brings all of these kids together we the last several we've had at the school and we intentionally will create teams that's got different age groups and it does provide for some some great teamwork and um fr- <laughs> she's I, I got think, some good memories yeah. from those
3: <laughs> those parties uh, one of them when we went to that uh, that nature reserve and we did the zip line oh oh my gosh that was so much fun but the thing is there was nothing to bring like the the holder thing for the zip line back up to you, so you, so you would have to run it back it up. up. And I remember doing that like ten times. So that's times. At the Boy Scout
2: <laughs> Boy Scout camp in Eau Claire. Yeah, at Brunswick, um, we were part of the Boy Scouts for a while, uh, a venture crew. So we used to go on retreats up at Camp Phillips and at Brunswick, and those were always some fun fun days as well
3: lots of running and it was up a hill of course because yep. you can't zip line down like a flat surface so <laughs>
1: sounds like uh, you had to work for the fun yeah but yeah, yeah it does sound fun <laughs> um one thing again also um you kind of mentioned mary is you had to make some adjustments this year due to the covid19 pandemic um i'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about some of the changes that you had to make and maybe Anne can fill in how that affected her as well
2: certainly Anne was a um uh, an integral part of being able to carry out something new. You know, we we talked early in the school year. In fact, before school even started, and I said, you know what? I, you look at the list of things we do. And my number one responsibility is to make sure that whatever we do, the students were safe, and the people that we serve were also safe. That we weren't going to do, um, you know, potentially have somebody infectious working. Uh, so we kind of had to scratch a few things and um but then talked about but there are some areas where people are struggling more than others during this pandemic and we did think about the people isolating in in long-term care facilities and you know it just was heartbreaking to think that they're stuck in their room and they can't do any of their activities and they can't have any visitors and they can't go out and visit and um I'm not even sure how we came to the idea of doing a monthly newsletter. And um, Ann and another senior girl uh, volunteered to be editors. We sat down for um, one afternoon to try to come up with a title <laughs> and eventually came up with the word connections. And we just wanted them to know, you know, we're connected to you even though it's not physically, that we do think about you and we do pray for you and, you know, we're always... Um, brainstorming and how we can kind of entertain you with this with news newsletter we invited um, two um two employees from the Chippewa manor well we invited them to speak to the students so they'd have an understanding of of um that population what are their interests and you know what are their limitations and how is it that we can really do this um that they'll enjoy it and um, they won't have any challenges with it. We learned that, you know, there, some of them have trouble um, reading, so your font has got to be a certain size, and it's got to be consistent, and it can't be all fancy because that's harder for them to follow. Um, they talked about the different generations and what their interests were and what their loyalties were, and that really helped us then kind of plan what to put in those newsletters. And so we reach out to all the other ambassadors and invite them to write articles or draw pictures or take pictures or create a puzzle. And every month then those put are submitted to our editors and our editors put them in, in the newsletters. And we get them run off and we deliver them to about 400 different people in the local um, long-term care facilities. So um, it's been a good Good experience i think um, anything that we do i try to not just have us uh, just physically do a project i want them to understand who we're serving and what that means if it's the agnes table to kind of explain that situation if it's uh, the boys and girls club what is it that the boys and girls club does if it's special olympics understanding that or feed my people it's like how is it that they you know, serve these 14 counties and how many millions of pounds go out to the uh, food pantry. So my another goal I have in starting the program is um, these are our future community members, and I want them to be comfortable volunteering in the community. And if, and if they don't have any experience, there's going to be hesitation. But if they've done it before, it just makes it that much easier to volunteer on a board or volunteer on a service project or, you know, be comfortable in, in getting involved. Um, sometimes if you've not done that, it's, it's hard. And I think back to probably how the seed was planted with me was when I was in high school. And I don't know if you remember Father Shelby he was, um, you're probably too young. <laughs> Your dad It's would. possible, although yeah. I don't hear
1: that often.
2: Um, he was the chaplain at the Northern Center, and he also was the chaplain at the hospital, and he also was the chaplain for um, the Ellie Phillips treatment facility. So he worked with the most vulnerable people. He was with those you know, people in the hospital that were dying and sick. He was... At, worked with the um, drug and alcohol um, patients and he worked at the northern center for the developmentally disabled and he came to the high school there was no um candy stripers or any of that type of um service going on in our school and he just he says i'm looking for students who would be willing to come to the northern center and um teach a religion and um I, I knew father Shelby uh, my parents both worked at the Northern Center and um, I uh, he just impressed me on his humility and um, his kind-heartedness um, he, he just is a hard person to describe he just is so unselfish that I immediately was kind of drawn to to doing that whether or not that was the best service for me I don't know but it it helped me cross some barrier and then made me feel good that I was, could do something. And I don't know that there was a whole lot of other service opportunities when I was in high school, but he, he stuck with me. And the more I learned about him through the years, um, the more I realized I guess he did make an impression and I understood why. He really was a very special man.
1: Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Um, I know when I was here, Deacon Kinnick would, uh, we did do some service projects at the Northern Center Mm -hmm. as well, and that made a pretty deep impression on me too, so I kind of follow what you're talking about. Just that exposure, um, opening up a new way of looking at the world and looking at vulnerable individuals even, Um, like you said, seeing Christ in disguise, Jesus in disguise in those persons, and knowing that you have something to learn from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly. So, Anne, how about you? I guess I'm pretty impressed to hear that you're co-editor of Connections newsletter. Yes. So that's another thing you can put on that resume Mm -hmm. check.
3: Yep, Um, there it is.
1: (laughs) Um, but it sounds like, you know, like you said, it's kind of funny how when you first signed up, it was like, oh, this might look good on a resume someday. And I'm sure it does. But, um, it seems like that's what got you started, but that's not what kept you going. Right. Um, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about the founding of the newsletter and kind of how that, that whole process has gone for you. Yeah. So,
3: um, I guess where it kind of began was Mrs. Jacobson coming up to me and my friend during lunch and kind of being like, Hey, there's this thing I'm thinking about. You kind of want to come in my office and we'll kind of talk about this. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> um, so then when she started talking about it, I was like, a newsletter. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like we could do that. I don't know how exactly we can do that, but it seems like a viable solution to a lack of volunteering in the community with COVID and stuff. And so I was like, well, yeah, all right, we'll give it a shot. Uh, The first edition kind of went a little rougher because it was like the first, it was the first one. So of course, Um, yeah. So then like we had to figure out how to format it and then we had to figure out what exactly was like going to go in it, how how many things we could get, how many things we didn't really need. Um, And then it kind of got to, okay, where are we going to get these from? Like, are the kids going to do it or are we going to have to do the whole thing? And it was made very clear that we were just the editors and that we were just going to edit. So that was good. Um, One thing at a time. I like that. One thing at a time. Um, And then... Uh, once we got all the information and stuff like that, we just put it all together. We we set the format with the first version, and then ever since we've been just replacing it with new topics and new crossword puzzles and jokes and stuff. So really, once we got that first edition down, it's it's been going pretty easy. Yeah, but I I really like that we came up with that. We had a little trouble with the name. We had to like sit down and and discuss for a solid 15 minutes about this name and what we're going to name it. But we finally got that connections and I was like, oh, yeah, that is perfect. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, connections. It's kind of like we
1: went through quite a few names for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of know what you mean. Um, I think we just have a little bit of time left. I did want to ask each of you um, how your faith has influenced your work with student ambassadors and maybe even how your faith has grown through your work with student ambassadors. We talked a little bit about it, but I want to give you a chance to really square up and, and hit that one.
3: Yeah. Uh, I I don't really know. I have to think
1: about it a little bit. Mary, maybe you can start. While yeah, that think. would be
2: great.
3: <laughs>
1: Pressure's off.
2: Well, I, I just think about we're an uh, educational institution, and, and students are certainly learning uh, about our faith. They're going to Mass. And um, I, I feel like the chance that I get to help them go the step further and have actions, um, I feel like I can be kind of a, a vehicle. I feel like God has putting me here for... Uh, that reason and I feel quite um, blessed. Um, I know that the students certainly recognize that this is a gift they they also have to be able to do that but um, I know that I've grown um, and I I couldn't do it without God's grace to be able to do that and I, I'm just thankful that it can be a, uh, our faith in action um, addressing social justice. Sometimes it's, it's social justice and sometimes it's helping the school. And it's wherever uh, help is needed, I want my kids to be able to be comfortable to roll up their sleeves and say, I can do that.
3: Yeah, I think for me, it was just like, okay, I have religion class now. I get to learn about my faith. And then like through actually doing things, like helping other people, like actually helping people, I began to see how it connects to what I'm learning in religion class. Like, oh, Jesus said help the poor. Okay, well, I washed dishes at the Agnes table for an hour and a half, and I helped people. Like, I I did that. I did something. And I think that's really how my faith has been impacted. It's not just, like, learning. It's doing. And I think that's most important.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes kids don't even recognize that, like you say, to help the poor well, how can i help the poor i don't have any money it's like it's not you know it's it's available to you and um those were great opportunities that you took advantage of and some are taking advantage of them better than others
3: yeah like ringing bells for the salvation army like i don't see the people but i'm i'm ringing that bell and my help. wrist is going going ham on that bell <laughs> and i am doing something yep
1: that's great. I almost think of it, you're just willing to get your hands dirty for your faith, right? Like whether yeah. you are
3: have your hands in a sink mm-hmm. of dirty dishes
1: or, you know. Th- so that that says a lot for you, Anne, too, and the value of this program. Um, and I think we're nearly out of time. Scott, you didn't need to say anything to keep us going.
0: No, you guys did an outstanding job. A fantastic uh, first edition of uh, Mac Chat. And uh, big thanks to our guests for uh, stopping by uh, today Uh, don't forget everybody to check out all of the future uh, episodes and once you uh, also listen to this one too go back and listen to other ones as other ones pop up so make sure you're always checking back here uh, for more Uh, Molly we'll see you next time
1: sounds great thanks so much Scott thank you and thank you Mary God bless thanks for having us you're welcome